Who's one person that would break your heart if they got canceled? Megan Thee Stallion. Drake. Eaton. <laughs> okay, well, that was clear. I'm very excited to do this podcast. That answer just went in so many different directions. No, let's not get into that. Well, let's get into it. I didn't even, Isak, I didn't even hear what you said. No, I said good. Drake. <laughs> oh, Drake. Yeah. I feel like he's people, been canceled before. I feel like people try to cancel. He's been canceled there, before. So it's just like the first I mean, thing that like, came to my mind. Know. Well, nobody gets canceled oh. permanently. Well, he got he got he almost got canceled the one time Pusha T came out with a diss track and uh, mm-hmm. he had like the blackface on. Oh Remember? yeah, that was re- that was that was like oh mm-hmm. shit. Is this but the end of but the he explained that, that real quick. Yeah, that yeah. and Millie Bobby Brown. Like so many people were talking about that. Oh he my God. explained girls. that and didn't explain his son right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was like a meme. Like, <laughs> so who's Eaton? Eaton yeah, from yo, TikTok. I would yo, be sad. Who's Eaton? You know who I'm, Shamir? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eaton is the um. He goes on TikTok and he goes, "What's going on, guys? It's your favorite uh, white boy, aka Gora Eaton." And then he's like the Desi Gang's favorite uh, white boy, and he makes like all these Desi dishes. He's like a little Jewish boy, wow. and he's like he's full of energy. He's like awesome, but I just I like him a lot. If he got canceled, I'd be really upset. Yeah, Damn. there was like a TikTok. He was like talking about roti, and he was like, "Yeah, I just made roti." And he was like, "Sorry guys, roti." No, no, no. <laughs> he didn't even say roti. He goes roti. <laughs> he he rolled that thing so hard. Dude, it was crazy. <laughs> Um, so you just spawned a brown culture okay true well no not just that but like he actually will like interact with people and wants to like get to know it more if you saw him you'd be like all right like he's like he's a cute little kid he's just like it's awesome oh dude wait you know who i'd be mad if they got canceled the dude that reviews like pakistani food you know what i'm talking about the guy on youtube that has like millions of views he like goes around the world he has like these uh, big eyes I have you know what I'm no talking idea. about? There's like, oh, there's so many people doing that about. now. I know what you're talking about. All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta send you the vid. Dude's was amazing. <laughs> Shami, logic. I said, yeah, I said logic. I mean, he's almost been canceled many times before. Right. He's canceled if, in hip hop by like the biggest yeah. like, commentators <laughs> already. <laughs> but like, if the, his own fans like canceled him, then I don't know. I'd, mm. I'd be like, damn. But I mean, I probably had the worst answer out of all you guys. <laughs> I mean, I would say that the, everybody else is going to agree that mine is the worst answer. No, I said no. Meg Thee Stallion, just I because mean, she's, oh, she's so already carefree. She's <laughs> <laughs> what? No. The reason, listen, Megan Thee Stallion's so carefree and so unproblematic and so, like, living her life, being the hot girl, like, it would, it, I don't, like, there's nothing, like, negative attached to her yet. Like, the only thing they could find is that her GPA is, like, a 2.8 or something in college. And, like, they ran with that. But she's still in college. What the heck? So, like, it's not even a big deal. She's in college still doing everything she's doing. So, like, what Wait, what? Really? She's in college right yeah, now, she's, yeah. She's starting Studying to be what? a nurse, right? I don't know exactly what her major is. I remember is, she was but... on The Breakfast Club talking about, like, she wants to still finish school and everything. And it's, like, a big thing mm-hmm. for her grandma or mom or something i forget but real quick shamir before you uh roll the intro i wanted to ask this because i saw this on um uh i saw a clip of jimmy fallon yesterday and uh he had uh rupaul on his show and i don't know if you guys have ever seen this clip but Mm. rupaul goes um uh jimmy fallon goes congratulations uh the first uh diva something like that he said first um what's the what's the thing that they say with diva 
No. I'm forgetting what the thing was, but he called. He said like diva, whatever. And then, uh, and you know how Jimmy Fallon's like always super with the uh, <laughs> lovey dovey with the guests and stuff. So RuPaul is like diva, diva, and then Jimmy Fallon's like, oh god, and then he said, I'm the queen. Oh, diva queen or queen diva, diva queen. Uh huh. I'm forgetting what it's called, but uh, he's like. I'm the queen of divas or something. And then Jimmy Fallon was like, oh, God. Like, And then the next episode, he came back and he was like, I thought I was going to get canceled. And it's just crazy to me that like people mm. have to consider that nowadays. Like, wow. I might get canceled off of this little tiny mistake that I made or something of like how mm. to title people or whatever. I'm trying but, to think, though, yeah. like who has who has been canceled in the past and actually like – Stayed been affected canceled. from yeah like stayed canceled because it seems like if you get canceled it's almost a good thing because you get so much popularity and then when you come back with something positive then it's like oh my god Bill Cosby. Like it seemed like Ke Kathy Kevin Griffin Spacey. was going to be that oh there you go Charlie I, Sheen kind of but he he still has a fan base yeah I thought That's Kathy Griffin was um and then I feel like she got like it was a little bit easy on her after like I don't know this is YouTube world. Anybody, anybody in the Me Too movement, a lot of those people uh, that yeah. like Harvey Weinstein, like there's no recovery for that. A lot of oh, people yeah. like that, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yes, All right. Over. Thank it's you guys like for tuning into an episode of Strange Flavors. This is the strangest and greatest podcast in the game. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My I'm name Sa is Amber. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. No, you're good. Okay. On, as a special co-host today, we have Isak, who has been on... The, uh, the podcast before uh, we interviewed him he's uh, has the brand Mercy X Mankind um, he's a good friend of ours so we're excited for him to join us and talk about a few things today facts this is brought to you by Aleph Theory you can find us on all social media Facebook Instagram Twitter you can listen to us on this podcast Apple podcast app SoundCloud Spotify anywhere you listen to your podcast and the visual aspect where you can see my wonderful background you can see socks beautiful <laughs> face uh, You can see this on YouTube if you have Cool questions or anything you want to discuss with us or you want to send your music or your friends music You can email us at strange flavors podcast at gmail.com. Yo shout out you guys because last time we said Come through on the YouTube leave some comments join the conversation and you did and we appreciate that and we love you for wow. that it's because of my background. Last it time. was because so, so there was so, there was um someone that also said that I listen to the podcast um on audio and then I come on YouTube to watch it again. Yeah. So that's that dedication. Is, that's love dedication. right there. Yeah. That's dedication that. and that's also quarantine, but also yeah. dedication. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. We're, so we're gonna improve our effort to make the video aspect much better, and yeah. my backgrounds are a part of that. There it is. Yeah. So come watch it. And uh, last thing. Um, if you want to support this podcast uh, and you're listening on Anchor, you can actually go down and, and it says support this podcast and, uh, you know, whatever, however you'd like to contribute. I know people had asked before um, for things like Patreon and stuff, and we got those things getting uh, set up too. But for right now, um, if you're listening on Anchor um, or you want to head over to Anchor, you can always support this podcast um, with whatever. Only fans uh, coming soon. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Canceled. Yeah. Canceled. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll find a way to, if you donate or whatever, like, shout you out or, you know, something yep. like that, just to, because it helps a lot. For sure. We'll, we'll definitely, uh, that's going to be in the works, but just wanted to put that out there for right now. Um, but yeah, Isak, let's start off with you, man. Like, how is, um, how is life right now? I mean, with 
the quarantine situation and now you're in Ramadan, we know that you have um, this brand to take care of. So uh, what's what's it been like to deal with all those things? Man, uh, I wish I could say that it's been like exhilarating and I've been working super hard and it's like, that's just not the truth. Um, yeah. It's been hard, but it's like, and I've said this before, I think it's like up and down, you know, some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, I'm ready to work. And like, I'm so happy because I'm able to do things that I've put off for so long that I needed to do, but I just didn't want to. Um, and then other days I wake up and I'm like, I hate this shit. Like I can't take any more. I need to go outside and, you know, do something. But in terms of the brand, it's hard keeping up because you know, we're not a huge corporation brand. Like I myself am the founder and we have like a really small team in Brooklyn and everybody actually funny enough, my team that was in Brooklyn, like on a daily basis, almost they all went home. So there was two people that had to go back to Florida. So they had to fly out to Florida because they couldn't even pay their rent. Um, and then my main guy, Romero, who's in there with me every single day, he had to go back to Maryland. So, you know, everyone is basically out. Um, and the way I see it, it's like, I'm just trying to do the best that I can. Uh, we, I started making the masks for people at the crib, you know, trying to make some money here and there and also give back, um, you know, thinking of new collections and designs and just immersing myself in every creative aspect that I can by watching like a lot of anime and movies and trying to get some benefit out of it. But it's definitely hard. Um, yeah. And then in terms of just like being in this during Ramadan, it just makes it harder because you're not able to have that coffee in the morning to jumpstart your day. So I find that I'm up until like 7 or 8 a.m. just working or Same. doing things. And then I go to sleep around then and I wake up at like 5. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, oh, it's so bad, but yeah. this is kind of it is what it is. It's interesting to hear that perspective, especially from a New Yorker, because it seems like uh, from the outside, you know, and, and seeing your kind of day to day, sometimes you post on your Instagram and stuff of like, oh, now I'm at this shop. Now I'm going to like this tailor. Now I got to get this sewed up. And you're just like so yeah. reliant on each other as New Yorkers of like, you know, you got to get stuff done and there's there's a place to do it. And yeah. uh, that you New know, York grind, that yeah. grind. And, and yeah. like you don't have the space uh, to take care of everything on your own for the most part. So, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like the, the New York thing, once, you know, one piece of that puzzle is out, it's like everything you gotta, you gotta kind of rearrange. Um, yeah. But, but what's that process like, you know, what's, what is your sort of day to day and how are you making up for that? So funny enough, like, I remember the week before quarantine, um, we had just hired a new intern, a brown girl. And I specifically remember doing her interview and I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I like your resume, but the main reason I'm hiring you is because you're brown and I like that even better and that you're in the creative field because there's mm -hmm. not a lot of us that are doing that. Um, but I remember just a week before quarantine hit, like during the week where people were still like, ah, it's nothing, you know? And then some people were like, I'm staying in the crib. Like I remember Mara, my fiance was like, don't call me, I'm not coming out. She has been in her house for a month and a half. I haven't seen her because she will not come out for anything. Is she like germaphobic? Uh, yes. She I, works. She works in the field, right? Oh yeah, she worked at a pain management clinic, and like she told me, she was a stickler for every like hand sanitizer and this and that. She she's she's crazy, but I admire her now because she kind of saw that coming. Um, but mm. I remember just a week before, 
we had set up so many different campaigns and things that we were doing to push this message forward of like have mercy and like really I don't want to say rebranding but like expanding on the brand so that we could acquire a bigger target and I remember that was so reliant on meeting new people and networking so we had interviews set up we were meeting new models like it was the most that maybe two months was the most active we have been in terms of outreach so i remember as soon as we found out that the, that new york was shutting down like everything stopped you know and it was like oh damn like what do we do now because i mean we have the studio but i mean you can make stuff and then you can't even go to the factory because the factory shut down you can't go to the fabric store the fabric store shut down so we're in this studio and we're just talking about like random things they're like i don't know what's gonna open up but making up for that has been I don't know if I could say I could make up for it, but I definitely think yeah. that I've used the opportunity to uh, expand. So, like, for a simple kind of um, example, my fabric sourcing was really kind of, like, weird because I'm depending on a lot of these uh, middlemen New York stores who are mm -hmm. uh, acquiring like fabric. stores. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they're great, but... At the end of the day, they're selling fabric that's like uh, close out, which means that they don't stock the entire fabric. They maybe stock 50 yards or something. And once it's mm -hmm. gone, it's gone. So I was having this huge problem in figuring out a reliable source that I could continue to go back to. Funny enough, I found that source in quarantine. And so like <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, oh, like this is, I would have never done this unless I had the time to just sit here and think about things that need to be improved. So I think that's kind of my way of making it up, but yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. My dad actually like um, this morning for Sahur when we actually like eat before, um, you know, stopping eating um, yeah. and start our fast. Uh, he was talking about, he's just like this today, uh, like with the coronavirus situation is not that crazy because we still have communication which is like the the main thing right. and uh yeah. if it had been back in the day uh you know it would have been way harder and then my mom like you know she's a very innocent sweet person she's like yeah we would have probably like been sending uh letters with owls or something like we <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> so cute. <laughs> and then so like i was thinking about that and um you know, he was saying that like nobody's work really stopped. Like mm -hmm. there are people that there are some jobs that like you're not able to physically go in. But for the most part, like people that are still um, need to get work done are finding other ways to get it done. And yeah. that made me think of like, OK, so if we can find a way to still function, like if this had lasted forever from now on, mm -hmm. imagine mm -hmm. that we would be OK. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like people would figure out because we've already figured out how to do schooling and uh you know work over zoom and all that kind of stuff and with technology um but the only thing that would really really hurt us would be some sort of like emp like yeah. imagine imagine yeah. like internet uh is like taken over or something or just everybody's internet is like their communication is shut down <laughs> that would that would be really crazy yeah and like i think long term if you think about it um it's crazy that 
I think one of the biggest things that would be affected is like entertainment because you can't put together a production. You can't have all these people in a room. Like these Netflix wow. shows that we're probably recording are probably in whole. These movies that have millions and millions invested into it have to stop. And like um, a lot of like people, a lot of people whose only income is like modeling and like acting and those types of things are very much on halt until this is all over absolutely so i feel like everybody's like normal lives like people who live like day-to-day jobs um like cookie cutter jobs and even things that people have been doing like on their own for a while are okay and then like this big industry that we look up to is like the one thing that it, from what i can tell gonna take a big hit in the long mm-hmm. term so maybe, maybe just acting true. and stuff but music and all that like it's thriving yeah no, except no, for music I, I know videos. it's all thriving yeah. i'm saying that like uh yeah. acting but yeah, like yeah, yeah. think about like the directors yeah, the videographers the yeah. editor like all those types of things of course you can do and like shift your vision and probably yeah. definitely expand your horizons in this time um yeah. i'm just thinking that like something that we value so big like things that we are all right now like binge watching and like taking time to do like that is like the thing that's on hold have it's you seen the circle thing, on though. netflix i have not my brother watches a show it's called the circle and it's uh like it's a contest of people who sit in like by themselves in a room and then you have to use social network to try to get liked and like two people get voted out every single time and you can fake your personality and your like images and everything but the goal is to try to be likable enough to win the game and you're just in a room by yourself and you just like interact over the computer but this came out before the corona Mm. And it reminds me a little bit about like the way that, forgive me for my ignorance, I don't know if it's Japan or China, but like in one of those countries, there's a lot of people that solely do like uh, virtual dating and things like that. And they get Japan, Japan, and then they, you know, they buy like sex robots and things like that. And that's kind of easier for them uh, and and more convenient for them at times. And that kind of scares me because human interaction is like something that you can't take for granted at all. Mm. Facts. Um, true. Speaking Isak- of Netflix. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Speaking of Netflix, it's like you were on a Netflix show. True. And I was. You, uh, including all this fashion stuff, you you were on the whole production. And you kind of got to see like the behind the scenes of that. Why don't you tell us about um, kind of how that was and the experience? And I know that you experienced some backlash afterwards. So share your experience a little bit. Yeah. Um. I guess just on a beginning note. Uh, I remember one thing about the Netflix thing, the production really changed my life. And this is something I don't talk about too often, which is like the the show aside, seeing how they made the show was insane to me. Like I remember what coming was it, back- What was the show called? Um, if you could let the next, viewers know. The, the, the show is called Next in Fashion. And mm-hmm. the hosts are uh, pretty popular people. Tan France, who's a Pakistani American. I don't know, Pakistani, He's from UK, right? He's British. I don't yeah, know. he has a but, accent. Yeah, he has an accent. Yeah, I about that. And <laughs> then uh, Alexa background. Chung. Yeah, Pakistani yeah. background. But um, yeah, it was called Next in Fashion. It's basically a competition series, the first fashion competition series ever on Netflix, and it is uh, about eighteen designers competing to win a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar money prize, and then the winner also is able to create a collection for a very popular online e-commerce site called Net-A-Porte, which is a very like high-end luxury uh, retailer that every designer wants to be on. So it was pretty intense kind of just being on that show. But um, just to start off that note about 
the production of a series was insane to witness. So even though I'm a creator at heart, like I love making clothes, but I have my passions in so many different levels. And I think that's one of the things that really separates me is that I'm passionate about cinematography and photography and like lighting, like things that are very easily taken for granted that require a lot of detail, I'm very passionate about. So when I was on set, I remember, you know, you're able to walk around set and you're, you're, you're seeing how things are organized and you're meeting the production crew and breakfast and dinner and you're seeing all these different aspects of organization that you take for granted in a company scale. So I remember even coming back from that show, um, my mind was like, okay, I got to take, take it up a notch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was the same as when I did my first fashion show back in 2017. When I had witnessed how that production went, I came back and I was like, I can't stay on this level anymore. So it was the same thing with Netflix coming back. I was like, okay, like, boom, like, let's, let's move on. But being on the show itself was very uh, exciting and uh, a beautiful experience, but also very hard. So because I remember, you're surrounded, uh, yeah. you called, you called me and uh, mm -hmm. you were kind of explaining the situation about like how unprepared you almost were for like the reality show aspect you you said that you oh. were like you were ready to do the fashion stuff but you weren't ready for like what a reality show really takes so yeah. talk about that a little bit yeah like so when they had called us originally like casted us it was a couple of months of process but they had told us okay you're gonna come on the show and we're not gonna do it like project runway we're not trying to create drama like this is really about the craft of you creating things and so I was interested right away because I never was that reality TV type of person. So when we went on there, I had come in with an expectation of like, okay, like the focus is going to be to make me look as good as possible. And it's going to be to make me look as skillful and this and that. You thought they and were so, going to do that for you? Yes. Because okay. that's, <laughs> that's kind of what that had been portrayed to us. And this mm. is, I think, across every designer, if you were to interview, they would say the same thing. Um, and there was many times where the designers... You know, we were staying in the same hotel and hanging out every night. So we had these conversations a lot. So um, when I had got there, when we got on the show, it was very evident from the get-go that this was a reality TV show. And as much focus as there was on skill and craft, there was definitely an element of wanting to create some sort of conflict between like you and your partner or you and the designer or you and your, or even Tell you and the judge. Tell some sort of story. Some mm -hmm. sort of story. They had would, to build a narrative. Would you say it's like equal to the amount going into the craft, or? Um, I think I think now looking back, I think that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I was eliminated on that first episode, <laughs> which is the worst thing to me. <laughs> well, worst thing to me when I first kind of got eliminated, but um, when I look back at the show and I rewatch some of the other episodes, I really do see that they did focus on the craft a lot more. But I think that first episode that I'm on, they had to kind of pull you into the show. Right, right. So they had to have a scapegoat to a be villain. like a villain. Like, <laughs> hey, you want to watch this show? Like, look at all this drama. Well, they told but they think, told that story really well. Like, as if I look at yeah. it from a viewer's perspective and not as your friend, like mm -hmm. they executed it exactly how I would expect to like. Like th they want the audience uh, to to understand why this person deserves to go home almost. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And and that was like that was hard to watch in a way because yeah. it was like 
Wait, that's not who this guy is. What's going on with your lights, bro? <laughs> I'm sorry, my mom is caught. Yes! Okay, Lapis, love you. Aww. <laughs> I'm in a basement, so like she has to turn the light. She's like from the top of the stairs. Like, Stop! That's how she <laughs> talks to you? Morse code? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morse code. <laughs> um, can you repeat the question, dude? I was not paying attention. I'm just like... No, no, I was just commentating <laughs> on the fact that it was like... um. Yeah. Uh, you know the the story that they told and kind of like painted you in this way to let people know that like okay this guy is going home for a reason and it was, oh, it was yeah. crafted well for the viewer and and your your partner um, uh, she was kind of painted as this person who was like going through a lot and needed this opportunity and you screwed her over <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man I, I laugh at it it's not because like out of some sort of hatred for her um, I laugh at it because people don't realize that at the end of the day they're not seeing everything and that the way that story is portrayed is like almost I want to say the, the complete opposite you know what I mean of like how it's portrayed um, and I was made out to look like the villain and you know I set out to have like a very confident character um, and be very like forward with my confidence like I wanted people to know like yo I didn't go to fashion school all of these designers have went to fashion school. Mm -hmm. I'm a Pakistani luxury streetwear brand owner. I did all of this myself. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have a team. I didn't ask for handouts. Like I really did everything. So I want you to know who I am coming into this competition. Um, and I think that in the way they cut it is to make it look like, all right, here we have this. You were like this, yeah. Like probably if you're coming in, you know, with yeah. that type of attitude, they're probably gonna try to like break it down and be like, okay, well, this is, you know, exactly. it, it makes sense for for the sake of entertainment. I for the sake it. of entertainment, yeah. And then of course having that partner, which she has her own story of like, I have three kids and I'm going through it and I'm not the regular fashion person and all of those things are true, but it just makes for the perfect like story to be like villain against. Mm -hmm. angel or whatever it is and yeah. so it's funny to me how they portrayed it and it's even funnier to me how people don't see that and say oh like this show is just trying to trick me you know what i mean like this is not so when people comment hate comments and all these different <laughs> yeah. things yeah i was saying i saw tan commented on your post and was like hey stop sending him yeah. uh, hate comments like <laughs> kind of how it was portrayed and everything so you were receiving a pretty big amount of backlash and um, we've had Shamir in the past explain how on the pod, how um, when he first got his first serving of backlash that it was hard for him to deal with. Mm. Did you also deal with that behind the scenes? Yeah, I remember like the big moment for me because when the show had come out immediately, maybe like the same day, just a couple of hours after, I remember just people commenting hate on my pictures and I, on Instagram. And I was like, OK, like I expected this. This is cool. And then it just became like overwhelmingly negative responses and there was just very few positive reinforcement. And so I remember like feeling like, oh man, like this is like, I kind of expected this, but at the same time, this kind of feels wrong to me. Cause I feel like, you know, there I don't want to say there wasn't an equal representation of like who I was on the show, but like I definitely didn't expect it. But the thing was when it became real, was when I went on Twitter and I'm not a Twitter guy. Like I think I created my Twitter account maybe just a few months ago and I Googled like while well, I searched like next in fashion then my name and all of these people were talking about me, you know? And I think it's different when someone talks to you directly 
and says like, hey, you're a horrible person. And you can kind of confront that head on, but it's different when you find people talking Mm -hmm. behind your back. And you're like, but you don't even know who I am. And so I remember just scrolling. Like it was, it was surreal. I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was looking for one positive thing and I couldn't find one positive thing. And I just kept on scrolling. And it was like pages and pages of people insulting me, calling me different things, blaming me for different things. And I remember I was alone in my room and I just sat there like, damn, that kind of hurt. So, you know, I can't blame them though. Yeah, you can't. That's the thing. That's why I don't I don't feel any sort of tenacity against them because it's like I don't blame you because that's what you that's what you see. You know, it's like yeah. like, you know, uh, after Tiger King and stuff, everyone's yelling F Carol Baskin, but they don't know like the truth. Funny enough, after I see all the backlash against all these Netflix characters and people on TV, I have a uh, a feeling sympathy that, that. sympathy because mm-hmm. I'm like wait like i start to see the other side of the coins i'm like well, you don't really know carol baskin you know what i mean you don't actually know what happened this is a tv show at the end of the day um but i remember dealing the way i dealt with it is that i communicated with people who are close to me who saw me for who i am so i talked to my fiance i talked to my mom i talked to my dad i talked to my brother and they were all saying the same thing which is like you know this is what you have to go through, you know what I mean? And then, funny enough, this is where my influences and, like, my inspirations really became apparent to me, how important they are. I look to, like, LeBron James, funny enough, you know? And I look to, like, a Drake and people who have been heavily, heavily criticized and heavily hated in the media for so long, and yet they don't they don't take, you know what I mean? They don't, like, you can see how much hate Drake gets, and he just doesn't respond to it. And that's like something so interesting to me to not respond to it. It's so, in a way, it's because of Drake that I don't respond to hate comments even today. I just let them happen. And every single day, almost every single day, there's a new hate comment from Brazil, from even Italy, still? people. Even still, believe wow. it or not, even still, every day. Do you have Do you have a relationship with Tan France at all? Uh, no, not actually. So when he commented on my post, I was surprised. And I'm not gonna say anything negative about Tan France. I know he's doing a job. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. I met him at the Netflix reunion party. We gave each other a hug. He seemed cool, but no, we don't actually have. Oh, any what was that like? So you guys met up afterwards to like uh, see where <laughs> the whole at? So what happened was Netflix had thrown this party in Midtown Manhattan, and they had invited all the designers and Netflix people, all this stuff. So it was really cool. But when I got in there. It was so awkward because, really? oh my God, because it's not just Oof. the designers. It's like everybody who has seen the show, they're in that room. And mm. I remember like walking through that uh, venue and everybody was looking at me with a death stare. Wow. And I was like, bro, this is crazy. So like I was with my guy, Charles, who's also actually on a show. He knows like the real me. He knows who I am. So he supports me heavily. But I remember people running up to him and be like, you are my favorite. We loved you, this and that. And they would look at me and say nothing. And I'd stand there just eating like a cookie. And I'd be like, oh, this kind of sucks, you know? Um, Did you ever feel like saying like, yo, why'd you guys put me on like that or anything? Or were you like... Okay, so the producers, they came up to me, the people who produced the show, because we knew yeah. who they were. And they were like, oh my God, hey, we loved you on the show. And they were like, um, it was kind of like this awkward kind of 
uh, conversation because I was like, I know you're going to bring this up, you know, because you mm. know the hate I've been getting. So they were yeah. like, yeah, we wanted you there on, on there longer. And then they asked that crazy question. What did you think of the show? You know, like, Excuse how do you feel me? about it? Excuse I me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is my opportunity to go off. So I just, I, but, you know, the way I am, I'm just like a type of guy where I'm like, I appreciate Did you the- let him, did you like let him have it or did you explain how you felt at all? I did because it gave me the opportunity and I was like, you know, I really do. I said, the first thing I said was I appreciate the opportunity because at the end of the day, every single thing is an opportunity and they had to decide that. And so I said, I appreciate the opportunity. I think the show was done really well. I love like the comedy aspect and the presentation of it all. But, um, and they were like, are you getting, and, and they said, they mentioned, they were like, so you, we saw that you're getting a lot of backlash. And I was like, yeah, I think that the editing of how kind of things went, like it could have been portrayed a little bit better. And their reasoning was, you know, the thing is, we just didn't have enough material to show that a more side of you because you left so early. So um, we didn't have- They recorded yeah. you for hours walking around. Uh, I think yeah. they had material. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I'm in a Netflix party. I didn't want to go off. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Have fun. You know, at least you got to. At least you got to say how you felt about it too, for who it mattered. And honestly, yeah. like hearing how you ex- like explain this whole thing, you can even use the experience, even if you weren't on television, getting more exposure. Just being in a professional setting and seeing how things go down, using whatever you can from that experience to put back into your brand. Like you exactly. said, when it comes to lighting and production and all that type of stuff. We have come to your shows in New York and we have seen things get done so well. Mm-hmm. The only New York fashion shows I've ever been to are yours. And like <laughs> when I say that, like, I feel like I had a full New York fashion experience. I genuinely mean that. Like, wow. it was amazing. Your designs are just so unique and Thanks. everything that you do is so different than anything else that I've ever seen that like you stand out in itself so <laughs> I, I really do see this as like an opportunity for you to just grow more and I'm thank so you. excited to see how it happens dude thank you so much man that means a lot that means a lot and it's so true it's so true I was gonna say uh, what's interesting is you know whatever happened on Netflix like you know you can say editing this or that um, we know you in real life and like you know very honestly you're one of the most humble very like sweet sweetest guys Facts. that like we've ever met like i can say <laughs> yeah, that really. like overall uh, people yeah. ever like you when we met you in miami for the first time like you came up to us you were like you know brown boys let's get it like you were <laughs> yeah. hyping us up and then you gave us advice that we use to this day about like certain wow. things um but but what's interesting is like even before this uh the next in fashion was mm. this now this interview that you did and mm. um that's that's like those little short clips that release on facebook and twitter if you guys have seen those um and it covered kind of like your come up and a little bit of your story and even in that uh there was some comments in there that it was like highlighting things like um arrogance yeah. uh, self-entitlement privilege knowing you as as who you are what is, what do you think it is about you know the way that i guess you present yourself um that comes off in that way yeah i think so i think that it's really important just on a spiritual level just as a person to be as nice as you can to people like i i wholeheartedly believe that that's why like when i meet people my first reaction is always love you know i'm always about like uniting people and bringing the best out in people and just helping people i've been like that my entire life like i love 
creating emotional connections that really mean something rather than hey i'm just trying to excel in my life so let me use you on um in this occasion but um but i think the other side that people don't necessarily see the full side of me and this is has to do with a lot of my friends which is i have this very big primitive feeling of confidence in myself Hmm. and sometimes like my biggest one of my biggest inspirations is mike tyson mike tyson was a ruthless boxer the man went into the ring looking to kill people and he even outside of the ring he has eating their children (laughs) eating their children that's one of my favorite lines so um i'm in this kind of unique position where i have a lot of empathy for people and i love people and i want to see other people succeed but i'm also really about moving myself forward like i don't play when it comes to things like this so i think a lot of my friends or a lot of people are taken aback when they see who i am when they meet me as a person because they're like here's this lovely guy and he cares about people and he's super nice but they don't actually see that i'm i'm vicious like i'm a vicious person when it comes to competition if i play you on a basketball court i will kill you in kindness like i will destroy you and tell you hey good game like it was beautiful you know what I mean? Like, I'm just that type of person. Why not? So I think that, yeah, I think that on camera, people get to see a peak of that side. And they're like, oh, this guy's a little bit of an asshole. You know what I mean? Mm. And funny enough, I had sent you this video for us the other day where I had, I watched this one video and it said, do you need to be an asshole to like succeed in life? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you think about like the biggest directors, movie directors and fashion Steve jobs people. steve jobs they have these huge reputations of being terrible people like assholes and mm-hmm. arrogant and controlling and there's a reason because there has to be i think and i wholeheartedly believe this in order for you to be at the top of something you have to have some sort of tenacity in you and people that don't understand that will misunderstand that for you being an asshole and not necessarily I think the word that you used is confidence a few times yeah and to be honest as somebody like understanding your story where you have these designs you believe in your designs you have to be confident in those designs to yeah. put money into them to put them at the price like your price points you believe in your product yeah. to be sold at that price you believe in the designs that you come up with and i think that the whole process that you have mm. whether it was a natural thing for you to be confident or something that you had to build over time mm. your whole process requires you to be confident to put yeah. stuff out into the world to stick with an idea and yeah. all that so I, I think that the confidence isn't isn't there for no reason it isn't necessarily a downfall i think a huge part of the process needs and deserves the confidence that you give it yeah but no, why does 100%. it why does it need a reason though like mm. when we when we talk about people who are just hyping themselves up right like mm. what you're talking about the people that you're motivated by if you watch a video like that i was telling you this like you get amped up you're like yeah, i'm about yeah. to do this certain people the way that they function is just like they need to just feel that they and they're yeah. and they're yeah. a little bit more out there with that for example, when I'm talking to you, mm. for example, I can say what's on my mind. I can be like, yo, I'm the dopest blank, whatever. But yeah. I can't I can't talk that way to everybody. You know you why? Can't. Because they're going to say, <laughs> for us, okay, calm down, relax. <laughs> da, da, da. Because it's just like, they're not, they're not ready. They're not, like, they'll, they'll support when they see uh, somebody has done it. 
Yeah. Not yes. somebody who's doing it. Yeah. And that's why I've always supported somebody like LeVar Ball. I love that man. I love oh, yeah. anybody who like and, and it's not for the reason that like, oh yeah, he's a troll, this or that. Like that stuff is funny, yes. But I truly believe like that type of energy, you cannot take away the fact that he got all three of his sons yeah. to be amazing basketball players. One of his sons is in the NBA. 100%. Like, and then and then people are gonna say the next time, yeah, but not all three of them are there. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this one it's like, bro. He did the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And and without that father figure there, like, I don't care what you say, like, these kids would not be who they are. Yeah. And so, like, people don't want you That's... to talk that way. People don't want to hear you say these things. Because yep. there's, I don't know if it's, they're scared or what, but, I mean, like, I personally, I just, like, I don't even want to put that out there. And I'll just reserve it for people who who will appreciate it, who will yeah. understand where like if I say that to my dad or something you know he would encourage something like that he's oh. not gonna be like oh you're f- you're full of yourself or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. when I hear the phrase talk your shit I love that phrase cause it's yeah. like yeah. when I see somebody else on that energy I'm like yes they're doing something that I I like low key wish I could do at that level like yeah. a Mike Tyson like a Muhammad Ali fighters in general yeah. McGregor yeah. I think hey, the I biggest just, thing yeah. is like matching up with it there's a lot of people that are like yeah. I'm the greatest talking and they don't they have nothing to show for it mm-hmm. like yeah. I, f- I feel like the opposite can work if you show up all the time put your work in and show that you are the greatest with your just your work and you mm-hmm. don't talk at all that's amazing if you have both you're unstoppable Kawhi Leonard yeah yeah unstoppable. can I and can I add something which I think is over time I have like I've been a I've always been a very I like if there's like I'm a very type of person where I always want to be a part of everybody like I always think about when I go to like some fashion shows and there are VIP section and there's like a general population section, I'm always like, you would find me in general pop. You're not gonna find me in VIP because I wanna be surrounded by the people. I don't wanna be above the people in any sort Why'd of way. Why'd you put that us I... in the VIP section then at yeah. your show? There was a VIP <laughs> section in, in the show. I don't even remember. Oh, you're talking about the and seating? And the first one. Yeah. The seating? Oh, that's not I VIP. I got the mask. <laughs> VIP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right there. Yeah, here it is. So, oh, it's yeah, not it says VIP, yeah. but you know, it's more like a gimmick. <laughs> no, that was, that I mean? was very, we felt honored, but yeah, I'm just messing felt, with you. You know, it made, see, it made you feel good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And I still sure. use the mask, and it says VIP. There, I have that same exact <laughs> mask upstairs. But my whole thing is like, I think, and the thing is learning through time, I understand that at the end of the day, I think when I get to a certain level, and this sounds like such an asshole thing to say, I can't be a part of the general population at a certain point. And I think it's because there are two types of people in this world. Like I, this is like through my experience. There are people who get it and there are people who don't. And there's not necessarily think anything wrong with the one who gets it and who doesn't. That's, there's not nothing wrong, but there are two categories. So when we talk about like why I talk my shit, no matter who it is, because the person I'm talking to, they're either gonna get it or they're not. You feel me? And mm. I'm cool with that. If you don't get it, you don't like me, that's cool like that's do your thing you know i still have love for you if you get it i have even more love for you you know what i mean and that's like the way i see it where it's like i just am i allowed to curse on this podcast we've been cussing it's okay <laughs> i just i'm getting to the point where i do not give a fuck about what people think and i was not this person before i really wasn't when i came out was like this kid i'm getting to the point i just don't give a fuck like, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care if you think my designs are too whack or high-priced. I don't care if you think I was an asshole on Netflix. Go live your fucking life. Like, you're going to wake up and do what yeah. you've been doing, and I'm going to wake up and do what I've been doing. So have fun. Comment yeah. on my 
post, <laughs> give me the hate. I, I think it that's is what it is. I think as a creative, when you get older, I feel like that's slowly becoming like a thing. Like for yeah. me especially, like I used to care yeah. about everyone's opinions and I wanted to make mm. everyone happy. The older I'm getting, I'm like, I'ma just do me, like and what you. my friends do. And like Yeah. Just 100%. Keep and it's really good that like we like we're privileged to have been able to see both sides of that where like we we saw without social media where people's mindsets were and stuff and nowadays it's like there's so much validation it's 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 a scary amount and like we've we kind of know how both of those work for like people who grew up uh you know i guess like more than 15 years ago i guess could understand that but yeah uh it's it's an interesting thing um i want to ask you about the masks that you're that you've been making um, oh yeah and I don't know. I don't know if you put yourself up against people that either you have competition with or like that you get inspiration from or whatever. But I've seen that um, you know you were giving those masks away for free and, and as a luxury uh, brand. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. And then um, what's it called? There's there's a company, Profound Aesthetic. Like I don't know if you want to comment on that or whatever. But uh, I know from my viewpoint, like I saw that they were like selling them uh, for yeah. I guess. Uh, a, a good a good margin and they showed up in gq and yeah um, so all these all these other things so track. why why go for the free route being a luxury brand versus something like that i think that when it comes to see when the when the virus took its toll on the people when it was very significant and you saw the whole world shutting down there's retailers shutting down fashion shows getting canceled i think that it was one particularly on brand for us to say we always try to present ourselves in the most authentic way possible and i've slowly come to realize that the brand is me because when i was starting the brand it was kind of like abstract it was like i have this brand and i think it's super important not just for distinction in a market but just as what i wanted to do with the brand to really involve myself in and my feelings and my ideals and my values in this brand. And so when I heard about this coronavirus thing, I was thinking about like people who would be affected by it. And, you know, in terms of like depression and anxiety and all these things. And I was like, the last thing you want to think about is getting something that you need um, at a price. Mm. Um, and mm. so when I thought about that, I was like, I am this luxury brand. And here's the other thing that I would just really quickly comment on. My When I started off, I was like, all right, I need to have this image. Like I need to be luxury, you know, and I need to be unattainable and this and that. And I think that that has kind of left me, you know, and it, it, it kind of stems off of that same idea of I don't give a fuck what you think. So if you think mm -hmm. I'm luxury, then I'm luxury. If you don't, then I'm not. Because at the end of the day, it only matters. The only thing that matters is what I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not such an asshole thing to say, but it, that's true. Um, and so when I was doing the mass, I was like, okay, I'm going to give a, a part of these away for free. Because I really do care about people being able to attain that. And also, and just be completely transparent, it's a great marketing thing to do that. To be like, hey, we're a brand and we're giving you masks for free. And funny enough, people who bought the mask or who, well, you know, um, uh, cop the mask off the site for free, some of them ended up buying like a t-shirt with their order. Some of them ended up buying 
this and that and i knew that was going to happen you know so there's a part of me that is looking for some sort of monetary gain i'm not going to lie to you and be like oh shit but these masks yeah yeah, i have to i have to pay my rent at the end of the month too yeah um sorry i don't mean to cut you off no not at all um i remember like going to your fashion show Mm -hmm. and like truly experiencing something like very unique and uh it really represented your brand so like when we got there there was newspapers all over the floor and they had like 9 11 articles and then you had these fresh clothes and you dipped them in red paint and that was kind of like showing blood and everyone's drinking Mm -hmm. blood so and with your brand name mankind it felt like your the mask you made were for mankind like it yeah that's that's what i got out of it so wow. it felt very on brand. I don't know if you intended that, but like that's what I, I, that's what I thought, and you can go with it. I am gonna go with that. Thank you very much. My next post is gonna have something important, and it's so funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of my subconscious is revealed through design. There's a lot of things that I can't explain sometimes, yeah. and it, it isn't until I have something material in front of me that I'm like, oh shit. Like this is from inside, and yeah. I didn't even notice. So that's a that's a great and, point. And the reason I bring that up is because like maybe i know you personally and stuff like that so i connected the dots but i see a lot of these companies right i'm not gonna name any but like they make masks out of nowhere right and obviously it's a marketing thing but like their brand has nothing to do with helping people whatever and they're trying to like get their name i mean what's your like opinion on uh, other companies i guess so 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 uh and and with profound don't um, get yourself in trouble (laughs) <laughs> no, I, remember what I said before is I, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, the way that you were starting to say whatever you were about to say sounded like you were about to say something offensive. I definitely, I definitely was. You know, and I'm, I mean, no, I'm just thinking it through so that it doesn't come off as misinterpreted. Sure. I believe Profound is a great brand. Profound was actually one of the inspirations for me coming up. They're owned by brown Pakistanis. So I was like, yo. This is dope. So I remember that was like one of the first brands I was rocking with. I was like buying their t-shirts and everything. Um, I think they're doing a great job. They're in a lot of stores. Uh, they had a brand change in pricing and in imaging a while back that kind of flew over people's heads. And I'm watching. You know, I love the brand itself. So I'm making sure that I'm taking notes and making sure. Um, and the one thing I would say about not just their brand, but a lot of brands this idea to just kind of make masks um it's cool but i also think that it's a little bit selfish is the wrong word that's what i would say right away sell out like sell out ish i wouldn't even take it that far i just think it's so so transparent it's so like i see what you're doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and not just profound forget profound even the masks that they have have meaningful messages on them. I would encourage people to buy them. They're cool. And they're giving a portion away to COVID relief. So that's really uh, admirable. But I heard the other day I was talking to my cousin who's like manufacturing masks. He's talking about they're talking to Versace. Versace is making face masks. Mm-hmm. This shit's not going to sell at $20. They're going to sell those at $85. So it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if that, it's crazy to me how people have the mind to be like, we're in a crisis. Let me make something that I can create a status because fashion is about status. That's all it's about at its core. It's like, who's better than who? And it's crazy to me that brands like that are still like, how can we make money? 
on this yeah, like yeah. a massive well, amount of money i'll comment on it too like uh i don't yeah. i don't know anybody over there um i th i like the brand too i think like they have some really cool stuff and even the masks i thought they were really fire yeah they were, i yeah, liked yeah, the dope. look of them um but I did see that like on the the post where they were saying that we made it on GQ and this magazine and whatever, whatever, uh, somebody had commented and they were saying like, my country is making $3 masks and we're like, and they, and they said some situation where it's just like, it's really tough for them in their country and why yeah. are you selling them for this much? And uh, they, 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 the reply was something very uh, ignorant and mm. it was- I didn't see that. And well, so they commented. I saw that because I was curious. I was like, "Oh yeah, why are they doing this?" Because mm -hmm. I like this brand. It's cool. What was the response? Uh, it was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, make it okay. up because I don't remember what it was." But sure. it was, it was something like, uh, the guy was like, "Are you, um, like, are you seeing this or something?" And then they had responded back something like, "Yeah, I saw it," and it, that was it. Something like Sheesh. that. It was, that's not that's not like the exact wording or anything like that. But it was something along those lines. Then later on, well, I saw. Then I was like, I I was like, man, that like that wasn't cool. But mm. then later on, they went back and commented, uh, like an actual response, I guess. Mm. Uh, deleted the previous comment and mm. yeah. whatever the conversation went on from there. But I I mean, yeah. like they caught they caught their mistake, which like yeah, that's yeah. great and everything. I, um, I think the biggest thing is like being transparent. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. not being like selling these masks for a hundred dollars, whatever, and being like, oh, it's for COVID nineteen relief, like it's for this. Yeah. If, if yeah. you're selling just a mask, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Just sell, just sell the mask. That's a good point. That's <laughs> sell, a great point. Just sell the mask, you know. But if you're like, their tagline was like, humanity is like yeah. suffering or something like that, and it's like, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a great point. That like, why not just say like, hey, we have dope masks for you. You can go and get these over there for like three bucks but we're selling luxury ones for people who want a stylish one yeah yeah Trans 100%. transparency is a is a great thing um other than other than that um you know if you want to comment real quick on like where you're going uh how you hope to bounce back from this as we kind of close this out what's going through your mind right now and if there's nothing then that's that's fine too but mm. so I think that, uh, so like as I mentioned before, there were so many campaigns and ideas that we had previously uh, set up for, you know, this year and things are not looking too good in terms of those campaigns, but I'm a, like a wholehearted believer in like fate and I know things happen for a reason. Like I, that's like the only thing that really keeps me up, which is I know like Allah has a plan for, for every single one. And that plan is perfect in a way where everything that's happening to you now is happening for a reason even they might it might look bad for you it might even look good for you but that part of that plan and i've experienced so many things in my life now where i can't even doubt it anymore like i can't even say like oh but nothing has happened where it looked bad and then it was good it it's undoubtable to me so and even talking to my father he's the same way so i have so much reassurance where it's like my mom goes I was talking about how I'm stressed out and she goes, Isad, you don't know that this situation might be setting up your brand to blow up after this. Who knows what you're gonna, what's gonna happen to your company after this? It might blow up, who knows? Mm. And I was like, damn, I'm thinking the opposite. But um, with that being said, I think I'm just gonna wait until things are clear and then proceed with everything we've been trying to do and know in my heart that this was a good thing at the end of the day. Not a good thing for the world, obviously, but a good thing in terms of like 
this was either teaching me a lesson or it was giving me something that I needed. Um, and then just quickly, like super simple example, which is sometimes when I went to Florida, right? I had, I didn't have an expectation to meet you guys. You know what I mean? And Romy was telling me, uh, Romy from Ill Muslims, by the way, shout out Guru. Shout you know what I mean? The, the plug, <laughs> aka the man. Guruji. He was telling, yeah, he was, he was telling me, yo, come out to Florida. We'll do this and that. We have a few beautiful creatives, this and that. And I remember thinking like, is this worth me going? Like just going for this thing to have fun or same. whatever it is. We had the same <laughs> yeah, talk. Yeah. We had the same. The Frost same. was like, yo, we should like, are you sure we should go? And I was like, what else are we going to do? Yeah, Why not? I mean? <laughs> and, and funny enough, what happens is I go there and even to the point where we're at the same dinner table, if I don't get up and go talk to you guys, this never happens. Yeah. We don't, we don't Fast. talk at all. Fact. And it's like the smallest thing can lead to this huge thing. So when I'm thinking about crises and things like that, I'm thinking this fabric supplier that I found that I wouldn't have found otherwise. What if this is the reason that I blow up? What if I find mm. a single fabric swatch in here and I make a pair of pants in it eventually and the pants go viral and that's the cause for my success. So that's kind of mm. like the way I see it. I kind of just trust and go on. That's dope. And and I love that, you know, you put everything aside to because you're confident in yourself not to think in a way that a lot of people, especially brown boys from our community will think, oh, which yeah. is a competitive level, which is like, oh, I see these guys, they're trying to do whatever and it's it comes in my lane, whatever mm -hmm. might be the case, but you were like, no, like BBC Brown Boy Collective, like <laughs> let's get it. BBC, and, and that was so dope. It's really I think I think for us too, yeah. like it's really hard uh because a lot of places we go we're seen as those like oh those kids are probably like you know pricks whatever and yeah. i mean we are that no, I'm just that kidding. might be the case you know <laughs> i am like i do i do be trolling a lot but like uh, in actuality like having real conversations like this and like getting to know people on a on a real level like it, it sometimes you lose out on that because you don't take that opportunity and for you to mm -hmm. have like gotten up and done that like immediately it was just like wow like i really respect this guy and like i can't wait to get to know him like through us throughout this weekend and like Jeez. you alone could have been like the entire reason that like that happened but i mean obviously we met other dope people and yeah you know the story goes on from there but you know, yeah. after this coronavirus thing, you made it out of that. Now this interview, you made it out of the next in fashion hate. This is yep. nothing, bro. And I, nah. I'm sure there's so much more to his story. Uh, if you're not following him already, Sock Socket, please follow him. Follow his brand, Mercy X Mankind. It's going to be linked in the description. Thank you, bro, for joining us. We love you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Love you, too. We, we always Thank appreciate this. Thank you for being your unique perspective always. Yeah. Of course. And thank you for everybody listening to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time.